It is uh, nice for my wife and I to be back with you to your annual Hollywood Boulevard Conference and uh, with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight I plan to teach the Word of God through some physical objects. That's why the table is here. So I'm going to move this so I don't block the view of those of you to my left and we can put it back later when needed. Now we'll, we'll be getting into the objects a little later. But the, the general thought on my heart for this weekend, as you heard tonight, there's two sessions. We'll have a small break in between. My understanding is the whole night runs until about nine or so. And somewhere around halfway, we'll take a little stretch, all right, and then come back. Or however you do it, sing whatever you do here, okay? Uh, but what's on my heart, we could call God's world plan. God's world plan. He does have a world plan. It's in two major phases that we'll take tonight, the two sessions tomorrow, and the one session on the Sunday, uh, Lord willing. We want to look and begin tonight at God's future world plan. What's the future of this world? You know, especially at a new year, people guessing the future. God has revealed in his Bible his future world plan. But as we spend time on that, we also want to see that he has a present world plan. We'll get in that more tomorrow, maybe a little bit tonight, but more tomorrow, of his present world plan. And so we take this great subject of God's world plan into two major stages. The Bible reveals God's future world plan, but in light of that, God has a present world plan. So tonight, I'd like to start with God's future world plan. And if I'm starting with God's future world plan, if you had to guess what book I might start in, you might guess Revelation, and you'd be right. So let's go to the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11. Just for now, I'm going to read two verses, verses 18 and 19, the last two verses are the revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 11, and starting at verse 18, 11, 18. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants the prophets, and to the saints, and to them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in this temple the ark of his testament, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. God does bless the reading of his word, and we'll read more later on, Lord willing. If we, we could just boil it down, so to speak, to just one word, that would describe God's future world plan, not his present, but God's future world plan, it would be the word destruction. The word destruction is what's ahead of this planet. We get that from reading at the end of verse 18 again, 1118, right at the end, and shouldest destroy them, which destroy the earth. He should just destroy them. And then the lightnings and earthquakes and hail, as this planet as we know it, comes to an end. You know, the Bible teaches in 1 Thessalonians 5, 3, 
for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, and they shall not escape. We learn something similar in 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9, you know, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and who obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, now listen to this, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. And so various scriptures will bring out what is headed for this world is a giant act of destruction under the righteous anger, the wrath of God. Now we're going to look at this a little more, but if that's true, I want to bring my first object out tonight. And it is what you think it is. It's a garbage bag. <laughs> and, uh, well, I don't want to dig too deep here, but, but it's full of garbage. And there's all kind of things in it, you know. And in this present evil world, this world that we live in, it is similar to this garbage bag in several ways. Number one, this garbage bag has a destiny. It's headed to the incinerator or the garbage dump or the fires, however you do it here. This is headed for destruction. And according to biblical prophecy, God says that this world is headed for that day of destruction. He shall destroy them. Sudden destruction. Hell and earthquakes and fire and so on. And so uh, our, this present evil world can be likened to a garbage bag in this sense that it's headed to destruction. And this is, this is the destiny. This isn't going to end up on your dining room table. It's not going to end up in your bedroom or wherever. It is headed for, for it to be obliterated. Okay. And in that sense, it is likened to this world. Now, now, having said that, it's also likened to this present world in another way. While this garbage bag is headed for destruction, it also serves a very practical purpose. That it contains the garbage in one place. If you didn't have this, it'd be strewn all over the place to flies, and you would smell it and could get disease or whatever. And so it does serve a temporary purpose, and it confines the garbage, so it's not strewn all over the place. And as God looks at the nations of this world, they do serve a purpose. He has ordained government. That's of God. You know, Romans 13, 2 says, there is no power that is not of God. That's a pretty big statement. There's no power that's not of God. For the powers that be are ordained of God. The power, there's not a single power out there that's not of God, and the powers that be are ordained of God. Now, while they don't do everything right and do some things bad, they do serve a purpose, and that is Romans 13.4. Speaking of governmental officials and law and order, it says, He is the minister of God. He is the servant of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. To execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. As much as you don't like politicians, remove them. And remove your police officers and remove your judges. Would you walk out even in the daytime? <laughs> There'd be anarchy and rebellion if there's no fear of consequences. So in that sense, government is ordained of God in this evil world to restrain evil so there's some type of an orderly life. Just like this garbage bag uh, contains the garbage and makes the room livable because all the smells in the one bag. But even though that's true, and even though God uses government, we have read tonight that the destiny, the future of this world, according to biblical prophecy, is destruction. 
Now, we'll come back to this a little later. There's a few more details. There's a lot more details in Revelation, but let's just look at one of them. If you go to Revelation 16, please. The Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 16. You look here in Revelation chapter 16, and go down, if you would, here in 16 to uh, verse, uh, let's make it uh, verse 17. Verse 17. It says, And the seventh angel poured out his vowel into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices, and thunders, and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. I mean, there's been some powerful earthquakes, but the worst one is still ahead of us. Look how bad it will be. Verse 19. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. The nations fall, Tokyo, Los Angeles, New York, Miami. Islands disappear. The mountains crumble. Planet Earth is coming to an end as we know it in the great day of His wrath. Look, look at verse 21, 1621. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. I mean, a talent is up to 100 pounds. I've been in ice storms where they're the size of golf balls, hail, and they just about ruined my car. Can you imagine ice missiles falling like missiles in chunks? The crushing of planet Earth, and today there will be sudden destruction. So just like this garbage bag is headed for destruction, According to biblical prophecy, so is this world, God's uh, future for this world. Now, we'll get into more details later, but we've dealt with that so far, God's future for this world. Now, having said that, it will end, as we've begun to see here, with a cataclysmic judgment. It's not that this world gets a little better and better and better. You know, I can illustrate this way if I can find it. Some people, their solution for this world is uh, just change the garbage bag, you know. Just change the garbage bag. You know, get a cleaner garbage bag. And so I'm not even going to transfer it for you. <laughs> but if I did, and I put all the garbage in here, I say, oh, now, now, we, 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 no, no. It's still filthy, isn't it? The color might be a different you know, and so we look through politics and education. We say, well, that'll change our world, a more conservative party or whatever. It's still headed for destruction. That this world, the future is not that little by little it's going to clean up its act, that it's coming to a quick cataclysmic end. I'd like to show you a biblical prophecy in the Old Testament that shows you in a metaphoric picture how this world will end. And you will see it will end in a sudden destruction in a cataclysmic way. It's not that the bad is just slowly purged out and kind of gets better. That, that, that's, that's not the way. So uh, we'll be back to Revelation later. But let's go to the prophet Daniel chapter 2, please. Daniel chapter 2.
Daniel 2. And the king of that day, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, saw an Emmy or vision that troubled him. And da Daniel was able to tell him the dream that he dreamed and what it meant. First, he'll tell the king, here's what you saw in the visions of the night. And that'll be verse 31. Daniel 2 and verse 31. Thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image. This was excellent and stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible or awesome. So he saw an image. It will be an image of a man. You know how you get an image or a statue? Man has to carve it out. Man's hand makes it. So this image is the work of man, and it will turn out to represent the kingdoms of this world. So it's just a picture, a metaphoric picture. So he saw this giant image of a big man that was crafted by man. Well, he goes on to tell you what it was like, verse 32. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest that a stone was cut without hands, which smote the image upon his feet, that were of iron and clay, and break them to pieces. So here's this big image of gold and brass and silver and iron and clay, and along comes a stone in contrast to the image that's not cut with hands, not like a diamond, not crafted by man. A, a stone untouched by man, in other words, God's natural creation is the picture here, what God has naturally made, and something without hands hits this image at its feet. As any good football player knows, when you tackle a big man by his feet, he comes down. And the image comes crashing down, and when it hits the ground so violent is the fall thereof, it just breaks into a million pieces with this stone without hands. Look at it here in verse 35, or 34. Thou sawest, till that a stone was cut without hands, and smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them to pieces. Then was the iron, the brass, the silver, the gold broken to pieces together and became like the shaft of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, and no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. You notice what happened here. The whole thing fell down, this beautiful carved image of man, and the violent fall, it just broke in a million pieces. So fine were the pieces that when the wind blew... The whole thing was blown away. Here one hour and gone the next hour. And this stone without hands was a very special stone. It not only smote the image, it suddenly started to grow into a mountain that covered the earth. In other words, it replaced the image. Something of God without human hands replaces what man has made with human hands. And what man has made with human hands come to a sudden destruction, just like this garbage bag headed for cataclysmic destruction, replaced by something of God uh, that replaces it. And that, that, that's just a picture of biblical prophecy. It goes on to give the interpretation that that image with man's hands was, are the kingdoms of this world. But someday, God's returning in his son, the Lord Jesus. And in Daniel 2.44, it says, in the days of these kings, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, and it shall break in pieces and consume these kingdoms. God is coming back in the Lord Jesus to crush this world in judgment, and it will be replaced with a whole new government and new world order, the kingdom of God and His Son, the Lord Jesus. But those details will work out just a little bit later. So the Bible makes one thing clear. We see it in picture form. We saw it in Revelation language. 
that there's an appointment for this world. Listen to Acts 17.31. He has appointed a day in which he will judge the world. The world's headed for an appointment day with judgment. You know. Isaiah 13.11 says, it puts it this way, I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. 1 John 2.17 puts it this way, the world passeth away. Various scriptures will signal the end of this age in a violent cataclysmic destruction. So just like the garbage bag, this world is headed for destruction. Now, having said that, having said that, I want to come to another point tonight. We see where it's headed, but now we want to ask, why would God do this? Didn't he create the earth? Why would God take something he created and bring it to sudden cataclysmic judgment and destruction? Well, let me ask a question. Why is this garbage bag headed for destruction? The answer is easy. You said, just open it up. There is filth in here. There's germs. It's contaminated. Somebody could get sick. I mean, there, there, there's dirty vessels and, uh, you know, who knows what there is. And uh, all kind of things in there. You say, because of its pollution, because of its filth, it'll harm anything that's good. It has to be removed. And that will be God's answer. It will be because of pollution or corruption, because of this unrepentant sin of this world. God has to bring it to an end. Let me show you that. Let me take you back to the verse we are already in. If you go back to Revelation chapter 11, please. Revelation 11. Once again, I want to take you to verse 18, Revelation 11 and verse 18. Reread it. It says, And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged, and thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants to prophets, and to the saints, and to them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. God has a reason for destruction, for they have destroyed the earth. And that word destroy in alternate readings is they have corrupted the earth or polluted the earth. There's destruction coming because of pollution. And that's the same reason there's destruction coming on this garbage bag. It's polluted. It's corrupt. Now, when we use that word corruption or pollution, we need to clarify it biblically. Do we mean environmental pollution? Is that what God means? That we have too many SUVs and use too much hairspray, and we haven't taken care of our planet, and so it's going to kind of self-destruct. That's what the media will tell us, that it is, it is uh, environmental pollution that could bring us to an end. It is corruption. It is defilement. It is pollution that will bring us to an end. But as you will see, it is moral pollution, not environmental pollution. It is sin. That is the very thing denied today called liberty that will bring this present world system to an end. That is because this present world system, if you'll just turn the page in Revelation and go to chapter 12. Look who it's controlled by. Revelation chapter 12. Now read verse 9. It says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out of the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. There is a spiritual prince called the devil and Satan. 
And in the language of 2 Corinthians 4.4, he is called the God of this world. And there's some people who never miss one of his services. He's the God of this world. He deceives the whole world. It says he's blinded the minds of them which believe not. He's put a veil through psychology, religion, through observation of suffering. However he does it through pleasure, and he's made people think wrong about God. He's called the prince and power of the air. He's called the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, Ephesians 2.2. He's the driving force pushing humanity in further rebellion unto God. He's the God of this world. He deceives the whole world. So this world system at the present is not under the direct rule of God's beloved Son, the Lord Jesus. They crucified Him. They rejected Him. He, he rejected, ascended back into heaven. But it is Satan that is in control of this world at the present. And in that, he drives men and women in their rebellion to God. And there's pollution, there's corruption. Now, I want to show you another Old Testament picture to show you that this worldwide judgment because of corruption and moral pollution has already happened on a national scale in the Bible. Someday it's going to happen on a worldwide international scale. But you remember Israel when they got into the promised land. That wasn't virgin territory. That wasn't a new world they discovered. There were seven civilized nations living in it. And God had Israel take the sword as his judgment day and weapon and absolutely purge those seven nations and bring them to a violent end, and then Israel was to go in and set up the law of God and the kingdom of God and replace it. But first of all, they had to empty the land. Why would God take a nation of occupied territory and empty its inhabitants? Well, he's going to tell you why. Let's see why. Let's go to the story in Leviticus chapter 18. The Old Testament in Leviticus chapter 18. And here, as we get to Leviticus 18, God is reminding Israel why the land they're inheriting as their nation now got emptied of all its citizens. He's going to re and he says, don't make the same mistake they did. So, so let's break in here at verse 20 of Exodus 8, Leviticus 18, that is. Leviticus 18 and verse 20. He says, Moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile thyself with her. And thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Molech, neither shalt thou profane the name of the Lord God. I am the Lord. They would take their wee little babies in this goddess of fertility. Uh, the logic isn't there, but that's what they did. And history says that they'd have a brass statue and they'd light the fires and the arms would get hot and they lay their young babies on there and watch them be sacrificed. How pagan is that? Huh? Do we give up young babies for sexual freedom and kill them in the womb? They let their seed be sacrificed. Look, look at the next verse, verse 22. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is gay. No, it doesn't say that. It is abomination. Verse 23. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. Now watch 18.24. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled which I cast out before you. I cast them out because they were polluted, defiled, corrupted. Look at verse 25. And the land is defiled. 
Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. Just like when your stomach gets some bad food, it just can't handle it. It regurgitates it. So that this planet, when it gets enough of sin, as the land of Canaan did, it kind of just regurgitates it. It is not environmental pollution. It is what uh, is called freedom today and liberty, but it's moral pollution. It is sin that brought that nation to an end. They polluted the land with sin. Look at verse 26. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, and shall not commit any of these abominations. Neither shall any of your own nation or any stranger that sojourneth among you. For all these abominations have the men of the land done which were before you, and the land is defiled. We say polluted. Verse 28. That the land spew not you out also when ye defile it, as it spewed out the nations that were before you. So we see the God of history on a national level has already purged the land because of moral pollution. Someday, prophecy says, he'll do it on a worldwide scale. He will destroy them that destroy the world. Sudden destruction coming upon this world, and there's a reason why, because of sin, unrepentant sin, moral pollution. The same reason you're getting rid of this, it'll spread, it'll cause worse uh, problems if you don't. And so because of corruption, this is headed for destruction. Now we know that's the case in the book of Revelation because it tells us it. So let's see the why in the book of Revelation. We looked at the what. Lightnings and earthquakes and islands disappearing and mountains disappearing, sudden destruction. And, And we heard it's because they destroy or they corrupt the earth. But let's look at the why in detail. So let's go back to Revelation, please, and this time chapter 9. The Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 9. Revelation chapter 9. And I'm right in the middle of this destruction, these, these judgments that are falling. And one of the judgments recorded here in Revelation 9, just one, there's many more than one, but just one of them, uh, if you happen to have fire and smoke and brimstone, and that fire and smoke and brimstone, those three entities did something. Look at Revelation 9 and verse 18. 9, 18. By these three was the third part of men killed by the fire, by the smoke, and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths. This fire, smoke, and brimstone of this one judgment alone killed one-third of mankind. You know what that number is? I don't know what the number will be. But if you use today's figures, we got about 7 billion people. That's 2.3 billion. 3,000 on 9-11? I know that was tragic. But, 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 but 2.3 billion just using today's figures. Never mind all the other plagues that virtually empties this world and only a few are left. Never mind the others it talks about, okay? But, but this is just one plague. Why is God doing this? Well, as we said, it's moral pollution, and that's exactly what it tells you here. Look at verse 20, verse 20, chapter 9 and verse 20. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood which can neither see nor hear nor walk. 
First thing they don't repent of is false worship. They don't give God the glory he's due. They corrupt God in their own religious fantasies and idols, and it's a false worship of God. They're actually worshiping demons, and they won't repent of that and give God the glory. But look at the immorality in verse 21 that they don't repent of. Neither repented they of their murders. They won't repent of their murders, which would include abortion. And they don't repent of their sorceries. You know, sorceries is seeking guidance by uh, uh, spirits, the spirit world. Not going to God in His Word. Go, tapping into the spirit world through various means. You can even do it through drugs. The Greek word is pharmakai, where we get our word pharmacy and so on. But it's seeking the spirit world for the guidance for your life rather than trust in your Creator. It's called sorcery. They don't repent of their murders. They don't repent of their sorcery. Look at, in verse 21, what else they don't repent of. They don't repent of their fornication. Fornication is an illegal sexual union. An illegal sexual union. There is a legal sexual union. God's not against that. There's a legal sexual union. It's called marriage. The commitment of one man to one woman where they're committed to each other forever till death do they part. And in that commitment, that privilege is enjoyed. In the language of Hebrews 13.4, marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. It's a rebellion against God to satisfy the lust of the flesh rather than do it his way. But, but, but so it's illegal sexual union, not through the vehicle of marriage. And the last thing they don't repent of is their thefts, their dishonesty, their covetousness, getting things dishonestly and so on. So it is sin, it is unrepentant sin, it is moral pollution that is bringing this world to an end. The same thing that's causing this garbage bag to head for destruction. Okay? It is corruption, it is pollution. So God is judging, but he has a reason for judging. It is because of the corruption that is growing and spreading, and in divine mercy, he has to bring this world to an end before there will ever be peace on earth and goodwill toward men. So what we've looked at so far on God's world plan is destruction, sudden destruction. That, that, that's what's ahead. That should help us put things in perspective. Not to, to, not to invest in this world, not to get too attached to it. It's not going to be here someday. And the reason why is because of corruption or because of pollution. Now, after our hymn, however you take your break, in our next session, well, not literally, but we're going to look at God's worldview to begin with. We're going to go into this garbage bag, so to speak, not literally, okay, and see how corrupted it really is. We look at the world and we say, well, here's conservative and here's liberal and there's good and there's bad, I understand. But to look at it the way God sees it, what, the, the, what makes this world tick? The fabric of its thinking. You'll see, if you see it the way God sees it, why we've been called out of it, why we're not attached to this. This is headed for destruction. And then after we look at that, we want to begin in our second session to start to look at God's present world plan. Someday we want to look at more of his future world plan. He's actually going to replace this someday with the kingdom of God. But, but after we look at this worldview and the, the depth of the corruption, we then want to look at God's present world plan, for he has a glorious present world plan. But I think as I look at the clock, we're about halfway through. So however you do it, we'll, we'll uh, turn it back over to what happens next and then come back up and do part two tonight of God's world plan. And there'll be more objects coming out later.
open our hymn book to number 204. Open mine eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. We'll sing verses 1 and 3. <coughs> however you do it. <laughs> you have about five minutes break and you come back and hear again from the world. Thank you. <laughs> 